My next guest is a musician whom I curiously met perchance at a llama farm a decade ago uh, when I'd flown down to Hanging Rock in Victoria to see Leonard Cohen perform with Paul Kelly and Claire Bowditch. It's quite a memorable weekend for me and my entire family. Cody Dillon uh, was saying at the same llama farm, he's a, a Sydney-based musician who's bloody loving life in lockdown <laughs> never wants to return to his real job again. Uh, today we discuss music, uh, podcasting, uh, how we're all sort of somehow paying the bills despite it all and of course uh, all things COVID. Thanks for joining us. Cody is a riot. Hi. Hey, hello. This is exciting. I know, it is exciting. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. I'm eating a carrot. Hey, I'm, I'm sucking on a strepsil. <laughs> Let's meet halfway. Cody Dillon, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, Alex. It's nice to um, hear your voice. I know, it's an age, hasn't it? <laughs> Since a Leonard Cohen concert, I believe. I know, and I uh, jumped online the other night just to uh, create a timeline, and that was 10 years ago, so there. Time flies and Leonard Cohen died. I know, I know. But how much of an amazing venue is Hanging Rock, which, of course, is where we first met? Yeah, we stayed on the same animal farm. Do you remember? That's where we met and they gave us a tour. And How they... could you forget the llamas? Me <laughs> on the tractor with the llamas spitting. Was there a, li- was there a little horse as well? There, were, there, was, there was a little horse. There were multiple <laughs> pigs. And the farmer spoke Japanese. Do you remember that bit? No. Was he Japanese? No, he just knew lots of farming terms in Japanese. Oh, that's so cool. That's hot. I think it was the best, it was the best family holiday of my life. It was amazing. Me too. And and my mum still remembers your mother Jean, because when we travelled all that way and we were watching Leonard Cohen for the second time that week, I think, but in Victoria at Hanging Rock, people were talking and your mum shushed them and told them to be quiet because God was on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was such a strong move, we, and I, I, I couldn't thank her enough at the time. I was like, I paid good money to be here, and yeah, God is on stage. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. What what motivated you to go to Hanging Rock to see Leonard Cohen? Because it's, I mean, uh, Sydney to rural Victoria, it's not a stone's throw. I think compared to Acer Arena, it was it was a little bit more special. Mm-hmm. Acer Arena is a fairly substandard, just stadium in Sydney, but... Uh, yeah, just once in a lifetime. How many times do you get to go with your mother, stay on an animal farm and see God? <laughs> and, and it was a full moon, if you recall. Leonard, Leonard asked the, the audience to turn around. and That's right. Yeah. I love these natural amphitheatres. I don't think we have another one in Australia, to my knowledge. Do, do we? No. I mean, oh, Meredith. Have you ever been to Meredith Festival? No, but I have heard it's it's yeah. reputable. That's a whale of a time. There's a natural amphitheater there that I think the farmer who's passed away now had had noticed and clocked as a concert spot. Mm. And then his son started 
throwing a festival there as a as a bit of a like twenty something dude. He, I think, developed like like a pretty horrendous disease. He's still alive. The son, the father's passed away, but he started having this party and invited the community, and it still goes on to this day. And I think it became a fundraiser for his condition. Wow. But such a special vibe. It's a national. It's it's a natural amphitheater. It's it's beautiful. Is, um, is that in Victoria? Yeah, it's in uh, what's it? Meredith near Geelong, I guess. Um, so this is the Meredith Folk Festival. It, it's just it's, called the Meredith Festival. They have like um, punk music, folk, like uh, electronic. It becomes a bit of a rave at night. It's just like the coolest, nicest cross section of Australian society. I think I've ever encountered. I love it. It's like a bit of an annual ritual for me. If I can, if I can get a ticket, it's hard to get a ticket because it's like they want to just keep the same people coming. So it's a bit of a, like a what do you call it, like a lottery type situation. It sounds a little bit elitist. Is it? Yeah, totally. But I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't want Alan Jones coming to my festival uh, anyway. Oh, who does? I, yeah. I, think, I think it's exciting to hear him step Andrew, down. And... Andrew Bolt's a loser and if he was there, it would lose its coolness. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, speaking of the tunes, I'm I'm really enjoying your quarantine tunes on, on oh, SoundCloud. Thank you. I love making it. It's so fun. It's just, it's so eclectic and it's also, I, I find it's really quite uplifting. Um, and in a time of lockdown, which I think for everyone has been a little bit heavy in, in various ways, um, I wanted to thank you for for making that and putting it out there. How did how did that come about? I just I just realised I'm eating a carrot because my headphones are on, so you probably just can hear my crunching the whole hey, through. I, I, don't, I don't mind, <laughs> but I it's think, raw. It's natural. Yeah, it sounds healthy. <laughs> the carrot's not raw. I mean, it is raw, but like the the sound. Um, quarantunes. <laughs> I just because I play music, but I also DJ, and then that was all taken away. I guess I, I lost three jobs, and then I've never actually recorded a mix. I just play parties on my decks, so I decided to find the record button, and then I have all this great recording equipment lying around that I bought on the doll many years ago. Now I'm back on mm-hmm. it, so it seemed it seemed only natural. <laughs> to wheel out all my awesome microphones and talk while I play music. And as long as I can get away with it, like copyright will become an issue, I'm sure. But I'm not making any profit, so that's good. That's in my favour. And, yeah, I just love talking about music and sharing it. So the last one was called Balearic Island Boogie. It's, like, very eclectic, like, inspired by Ibiza in 1988 before the hordes invaded and the one before that was disco, like underground New York disco, kind of like a um, little bit obscure disco gems. I just love it. And it's just, I'm getting better at it each one and people are listening. So it's really nice when you make it and you know that people are listening. This is a small audience. So, yeah, it just, yeah. What do, what do they say? Adversity, you know, produces diamonds or something like <laughs> When Something like that. When you're pushed into a corner, like, I'm glad that my reaction to this whole global pandemic biggest crisis since World War II was to make radio mixes. Yeah, I think, I think also, too, that there's, there's a real kind of resilience amongst artists 
you know, this this way of kind of existing, whether times are good or otherwise. I think so, we're, yeah, we're either like the first to go or we're like the cockroaches. Yeah. We're the only thing that will still be there after, you know. <laughs> in, the in the Armageddon, I don't know if we're like the butterflies that disappear first or we're the last ones to survive, but time will tell. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But there is a, yeah. there's a need to create, and I think when everything else is taken away, that's what musicians or DJs or artists do. They just they want to do it. So, what about this, Cody? I've I've been reflecting on this whole concept of lockdown, and and what that means for people all over the globe. But but Sydney, sort of strangely enough, has been experiencing a lockdown, pretty or a lock a lockout since 2014. You know, so this kind of notion of a freeze on fun has been endemic in Australian culture for some time now. But how, how did that happen? Well, you're from Newcastle. You're living in Newcastle now. I think we mm. borrowed that from you. I think we took the small town model. Mm. Um, Newcastle being the only town I've ever been punched in the head. When I was a peace-loving pacifist Buddhist, I did, I did get punched in the face uh, right. on, the, on the main street there. It was a little rough at the time, that town. But we when borrowed... Was, when was this? Oh, peak Buddhist Cody, um, circa two, <laughs> 2003 or four. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's ironic now that in Sydney the government is trying to reopen Sydney and get everyone to go to bars and things. It's like we're playing hard to get and now the government wants you to go back and we're like, nah, actually, nah, keep Sydney closed. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Which is good. We have to be careful. But um, as a party-loving, dance-loving, music-loving person, it was hard. I mean, I lost my best years. I sometimes say that. But I always found a way around it. And I think in Sydney, it, it created this great warehouse culture, um, parties uh, off the grid where you had to know where to go. Sydney never stopped doing what it does best, which is have a fantastic time. And, yeah, it's, it, but it's interesting that now um, we're actually in a lockdown. But yeah, I guess um, there were the King hits, people died, which is a tragedy, but the whole city suffered as a result and it didn't do our culture any favours by pushing everything. Well, it did in some ways. It pushed it underground and it was wonderful if you if you knew, but for Sydney's reputation and its, um, its general vibe, it was a really bad thing, I feel. So I'm glad that some sense is being restored and the lockdowns are over, but this lockdown is still on. So for people that aren't Australian, do you, do you mind defining what a king hit is? Oh, a king hit is when you don't see a punch coming and it connects with you. Um, it's a horrendous thing, but I think there were some incidents. I mean, I think two guys died from, you know, mm. alcohol-induced violence, which is horrendous. It's terrible. It's an awful thing, but um, it affected people like me who, do, who you know, just want to have a good time and don't know what violence is really and it, it was strange that that um had a trickle down effect that everybody was affected for the for the mistakes of a few and what should have been the issue was you know safe policing and um culture and nice options maybe, for people for people to go maybe, out in a good maybe better better drugs as well <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah i think they were on the wrong drugs i mean alcohol yeah has that effect. <laughs> they were I, I love a drink, but, uh, yeah, some people that really uh, brings out the Mike Tyson. Mm. Also, too, you're contributing, you know, as a, as a musician and a performer and artist, you're, you're contributing to this culture. You're not just consuming it. So 
it's it's very different, you know. Putting on a gig and lugging your gear across town is very different to just drinking too much and getting into a a fight. <laughs> yeah, and like went and saw a gig and watched some live music, saw a rock and roll band, um, and regretted it. Said no one ever. Right. <laughs> Everybody loves live music. That's like unanimously. Um, something that most people agree on. So it was, it was sad. It was a shame. And it was hard to find places open after one thirty or somewhere to meet a friend. And some of the best things happen at 2 in the morning. Of course. Treated as an adult and you can go out and talk and scheme and make creative plans um, or talk politics or talk about your feelings. Um, it, it, it was weird to put a curb on that. Yeah, it's strange. My pool game actually improves <laughs> out of sight at 2 a.m. I just... Yeah, something happens. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a real sweet spot. I find. I'm a I'm a morning person and a night person, but I, I like being able to decide which version I'm gonna be. But yeah, pool pool after after midnight. That's what, that's what pool was for. That's what it was right. created for. Who plays pool before twelve o'clock at night? Honestly, I'm jet lagged folk. Cody, has has your approach to music changed in recent months? Because I, I know you write really sort of folk, folklore, storytelling, acoustic, beautiful, um, quite epic, really. A lot of a lot of your songs, and then you've got this whole other DJ hook where everyone's up and boogieing and and everything in between. I'm wondering if if lockdown is sort of shape-shifted the way you create music and also do you think do you think we're all just going to be online now and, <laughs> and, you know what's going to happen what does the future hold that's uh, wow big questions um no but i don't think my approach has changed <laughs> but it's been a fun shift shifting from the guitar and country storytelling folk songs to djing um because I guess when I was quite young, I was a raver. Like, I loved electronic music. And then I went off it for so long and met you at a Leonard Cohen concert with our mothers. I love the <laughs> storytelling aspect, but it was always latent. And then my friend Jamie would always DJ our parties. He said, you're going to love doing this. You've got to... And I'd be, like, front center, like, no, nah, I just couldn't be bothered learning. Why don't you just keep playing? And once he started something called DJ School where we would go around to his house and he would teach us how to do it. And I saw how kind of easy it was to be honest like I'm not going to lie and say DJing is hard <laughs> to be good is hard I guess but it's you're just pushing buttons when you play a guitar or a stringed instrument I mean I find it a lot easier but the creative juices are equally as joyous like it's so fun and then I started raving again in my 30s and Newcastle had a big part to do it there's a there's a um, crew called Mindsup they throw the most amazing parties and my friend Hippie Kent shout out to Kent um, and his baby, Susie Jean and Aaron, hello. Um, <laughs> he invited me to this gig in Barrington Tops. And I borrowed my friend's car, a little Mazda, yellow bubble, was on the freeway, like, what am I doing? Going to play guitar in the morning at this festival. Got to get there, got to set up camp. Got there, camp was asleep. Had to introduce myself to these people. Luckily, they were, like, the nicest people you could ever meet. And um, luckily, I've thrown in some some dress-ups. I was like, I'll bet this is some sort of rave situation. Well, I'll throw in that feather boa hat from Mardi Gras. <laughs> Not a feather boa, like an actual, like, you know, like Rio de Janeiro style um, ah, carnival headpiece cool. and a tasseled jacket. And I just proceeded to have the best time ever listening to electronic music. And then 
the more I hung out with those people and watched what they were doing, I thought, oh, I need to be on the other side. I need to be doing this music. So I bought myself some decks and the rest is quarantunes. Yeah, now I just like, the guitar's really on the back burner for a while. I just am obsessed with making these mixes and uh, now I can't DJ parties, so it's forced me to do it on the intraweb. Mm-hmm. And for forever, like we'll always dance. We we need to dance. So I'm sure there'll be parties again in the future where we where we gather and we congregate and we do our ceremony of dancing. But uh, for the moment, I'm really enjoying bringing it in and making the mixes to share online. It's it's okay. I've been dancing to quarantines in my flat. I don't I don't need an audience. <laughs> um, you know, I've really enjoyed that. Thank you. And I'm glad. And as I said, it's it's uplifting. It's really, I've had I've had a, a jolly good time with your your podcasting oh. radio. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, it's new, and I love doing it. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, I feel like it's the '90s, and the government's sponsoring me. You know, when we had all those bands <laughs> on the, they were all obviously on the doll, which was. I guess easier to get back then. You didn't have to pretend to look for a job. You were just a muso. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe it's, there's a resurgence of Australian music, especially among the, the kids. Hopefully they're um, getting their job seeker and they don't have to be pretending to look for work and they can just make music. What a, what a wonderful... We should all have a universal wage, I, I think, Alex. No, I'm, I'm completely for this. I don't I'm know never you... working again. what is it like they say you know like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life well this is it i mean even even with my own podcast which is something i've wanted to create for some time but it's almost like you need two lives you know you you have the career and you're making the money and then at the end of the day um you know there can be a, a, a certain kind of fatigue around learning new technology and researching and so for me too, this this has been a really productive time. Great. So this, I mean, I'm on it. I'm literally talking on your podcast now. This is live. But um, did you make this in qu- quarantine? Is this new? Yeah. You're my oh. sixth interview. Oh, I'm so happy to be part of it. Congratulations. Good on you for, like, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going and you make something. This is cool. Thank you. Thank you. And we we wouldn't be probably having this nice conversation. Exactly, that's right. And that, I think also perhaps you found me because you've had a little bit more time on your hands. Yeah. And, you know, we're all kind of engaged in this process. Of, oh, where's where's so and so at? You know. Like, what else are you going to do? I haven't watched a single TV show since COVID hit. I'm I'm too busy making my music. It's awesome. That's amazing. Are you missing I performing? Lie. I lie. I'm watching Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. It's amazing. I cry. I weep. Sorry, what were you saying? Season one or two. Oh, I'm in two now. My mum's watching it on the Central Coast and I'm watching it because my flatmate put me onto it. And It's brilliant, isn't it? Afterlife. Yeah, it's so beautiful and funny mm. and beautiful mm. okay. and sad. I don't want to get old. I don't want to die. No, I know. I binged watched the first season with my dad just on a whim. We watched one episode and then we were hooked. My only criticism, if I could make one, is Do it. He, he he needs to lose the therapist. That's... Oh, but I love that guy. He's so he's so horrendously. Um, I love that character. Really, he's a dick. He's he's such a dick. 
Yeah, but I like having him there because he's oh, he's horrendous. He's awful, but that it wouldn't be the same without him. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when I think I'm a bit shit, then I see him and I'm like, you're <laughs> a real piece of shit, mate. He's the litmus test that makes you feel better. Exactly. So. But okay. it's I I I I don't really watch TV, but COVID is I wanted to, I was jealous of my flatmates watching TV, so I tried, and I do like that show. Yeah, I think it's it's comedic genius, and it's it's one of the best representations I've seen of depression as well. Yeah. And, uh, also, England is so funny. Like, I've only ever been there on a bus, Heathrow to Gatwick, but I felt like mm-hmm. I was there. But my flatmate's English, and I knew moving into the house that she'd be my ally, like her her wit, that that British wit. I love that humour. Um, I think if you're Australian, you kind of get it. Uh, oh, it's it's my favourite. I have a real bias leaning that mm. way. Yeah. Best comedians and best crime writers. I mean, who's going to argue with that? <laughs> and and then it's on to Nordic Noir. Yeah, that's good too. But I don't I don't watch enough crime. But my hero, Patty Smith, who is just a <laughs> goddess. She's like the you know female Edna Cohen, if ever there was one. She um, really is. But she's yeah, probably. I, I agree. She's she's so awesome. Um, she loves she loves British crime, and I love reading her book. I read every book, anything she ever writes, and she is obsessed. She like her idea of heaven is touring, being in London, and having a telly in her room, and she has a cup of tea, and watches crime. And so I'm, I'm yet to go there, but I, I feel like I want to watch that. But what's good? Like, is it the bill? This what, is what this is my idea of heaven too. I is it Inspector something? Space. What's the best? What's the best British crime show? Oh, the best? I mean, it depends on how dark you want to get and also how detailed. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a whole can of worms, isn't it? I guess I've opened a, a Pandora's box here situation. Mm. Um, I can send you an extensive list. Yeah, um, I'm in. Yeah. Well, and, you know, winter is coming, so. Yeah, I'm time rich. Winter is coming <laughs> Game of Thrones is over. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If, yeah, I'm, if I'm not making music, gotta 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 stay busy. But um, anything Pat Smith digs, I'm, I I would generally agree with. So I think the true genius of British crime is that there's an unpredictability to it. That's very clever. It's okay. actually one of my um, well harboured fantasies to be a British crime writer. Name Ooh. Them. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Maybe now's your time. Now's the chance. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cody, are you missing performing? Are you are you feeling a, a lack, or are you you just filling it up with your quarantines and yeah, uh, not at all. I've been in so many noisy pubs playing music for so long that it's it's a beautiful respite. Um, I'm just happy to have the chance to record my mixes and talk radio. So, no, I don't miss it, but uh, I look forward to having a guitar in my hands and a listening audience again and a party. I, do, I, like, I would like it, but <laughs> I've partied so much of my life that um, I could do with a break as well. It's, it's not bad to turn that down, but I do look forward to choosing better parties, like just choosing the party you actually want to go to or playing more music, like actually DJing better parties and being able to share that music and control that environment a little bit more and putting yourself in better situations instead of like the late night pub, which is great. And I enjoy it playing R and B to drunks actually 
being asked to play a nicer, sort of more curated party where people are there mm. to listen to the music, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, no, I th- but I think this time is good. It's, you need to, like, just reassess and bring it back and strip it down and, um, and then everything will be more heightened and better post-lockdown. But, no, I, I grew up as an only child in a valley and even my mum would be like, just at your friend's stage, you want to play with some friends? And I'll be like, nah, I'm just going to go off into the bush. And most kids play cowboys and Indians. I would just play Indian. Sometimes cowboy, but mostly <laughs> Indian. <laughs> oh, see, maybe so, this is where the, the love of Leonard Cohen was birthed. You, know, you think so? Think, yeah, it's a solitary thing. Oh, yeah. It's, he... it's, it's being a loner and actually yeah. having that be a preference. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad to talk to you because I don't listen to Leonard Cohen and I didn't when he died. I mean, I, I haven't listened to him for a long time, but I was so obsessed on every syllable for a while there and every lyric. So I'm, I'm going to probably listen to Leonard Cohen immediately after I talk to him. People were <laughs> like, what a downer. He's so depressed. And I was like, are you No, are you that's kidding? false. He's so funny. Yeah. Have, have you seen the documentary, ladies and gentlemen, introducing I, Leonard Cohen? I believe I have seen everything that he's ever done. Yes. It's pretty, it's, it's stand-up comedy wit. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the, all these um, 80s tracks, they're very danceable. They, his keyboards were sick. And that, that, uh-huh. that sound is actually quite hip now, like having a Casio keyboard and putting some beats to a, a song. Like that's what I want to do exactly. um, with my music is put some kind of 80s keyboards under some lyrics. And he nailed that. It was ahead of his time. And Have my you heard friend, his, his final album? I, uh, I, I, not, no, I don't think I have. Like, it really sounds like you haven't. And, no. and you should because it's pretty cool. It's <laughs> cool, incredibly probably. cool. I yeah. cut you off though. Your friend? Tell me about your friend. Oh, my dear friend, Ari. Hello, Ari, if you're listening. In Spain. Mm. She's from Barcelona, Girona. She was working in a concert venue and Leonard Cohen played there. And the manager's... We're like, all right, when Leonard's here, she was in the backstage room or whatever. Don't talk to him. Uh, don't even look at him. He's very important. Uh, they sort of scared the living bejesus out of all the staff. She spilt a bottle of wine, like massive puddle. It was like, fuck, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> he walked in. It was just her and him. And she was like, he was the coolest, nicest, most friendly dude. He said something witty, as you'd imagine, to make her feel at ease. And uh, she was like, I didn't see what all the fuss was about. He was a total dude, really sweet, total gentle old sweetheart. I thought he was very enlightened and very special and, and I'm forever grateful that this is the, the perk of being an artist or having artists, right? We can, we can continue to have them because it then felt like lingers. Yeah, it felt like being in the presence of some sort of greatness. Mm-hmm. And he was good. Cool. He was like a flawed, you know, pants man slash mystic sage <laughs> and your mum telling <laughs> telling those people to shut the fuck up was <laughs> I don't know if she dropped the F-bomb but in my mum's telling of it she did uh, but whatever she said God God is on stage <laughs> shut up it was <laughs> so good and thank you to your dear mother for that and it's kind of a cool way to meet right it's, it's a cool story it is yeah <laughs> Uh, Cody Dillon, sorry, go on. I was just uh, envisaging my mother and I, we had a getaway play. Well, we, my mum tried to sneak us backstage. We totally tried to get in backstage with Leonard Cohen together. Mm. And 
uh, I'd consumed quite a bit of wine. And on the way out, there was this line out of the paddock because you're down in country Victoria. And it just went for like a kilometre. And you obviously we're going to be sat in a car for a while. But I was like, Mum, watch me work my magic. And we hooned down off-road to this gate. There's this like country gentleman. He And he, I went down the window. He's like, oh, these people who just keep coming to try to get to this gate to get out or whatever. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it. And he proceeded to tell me about it. At the end of our conversation, I was like, so would you mind just opening? He's like, nah, mate, no worries. He let me out. <laughs> With my mom. And we hooned off just feeling like heroes. By the time we got to the airport the next day, there was all kinds of damage to the car we had that came out of mum's um, car insurance. Oh, the, the but it's those stories oh. that you cherish and take to the grave. Me and my mum hooning around a paddock after seeing Leonard Cohen. Um, we still we still dine out on our Leonard Cohen in Hanging Rock stories. <laughs> still, you know, it was a very special time. Cody, if people want to um, listen to your tunes or... On the platforms, what are what are your preferred hooks or handles, or how can people find you? Oh well, it's Cody Dillon, not the Bob way, but C O D Y D I L O N. Got it. If they want to listen to the country music, there's a Bandcamp page. You can just listen for free. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to buy it. Just enjoy. Uh, there's a bit on YouTube, um, and then the new stuff is Quarantunes. My mixes on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, bang it Perfect. on and. Dance around your kitchen. Uh, it's free. <laughs> if, if I was getting paid, I'd, get, I'd be in big trouble because it's copyrighted material, but it's so far so good. Oh, amazing. I, I would love nothing more than for you to go listen to Leonard Cohen's last album. Uh, the day, I, I think the day I heard the now. single and I dug it. I like his like, older Dark Horse, but no, I haven't, I, I, I haven't listened in. I've been listening to too much disco, so I'm bringing it back. Today's the first day of my new life. <laughs> Mix it up. Yeah. Cody, I've, I've, really, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Let's, let's do this again. Me too. Thank you so much for the chat. Bye.